Hello, my name is Rick Pearson, and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. You know, throughout history, God has raised up kingdoms and deposed kingdoms. But what is the one common denominator God has always done before He deposes a nation? Stay tuned and you'll find out. Welcome back, folks. For those of you new to our program, we'd like to encourage you to join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. for a Bible study podcast with live chat, answering many of the questions our viewers have. You know, you can join us at our website, or you can send us your email address, and we'll be sure to send you our weekly link and occasional news updates. Just go to mail at prophecyusa.org. In recent weeks, we've discussed America's covenant, beginning with the Pilgrim's landing on November 11, 1620 at Plymouth Rock, 400 years ago. Now, 400 years is a divine period of time in Bible numerology. And since the Biden administration's election victory on November 3, 2020, we've seen incredible prophetic events take place, giving us concern over the covenant promises of blessings or curses. In the last year, we've witnessed on January 1st, construction of the southern border walls were halted, allowing unvaccinated COVID-19 carriers, drug smugglers, human traffickers, gang members, and two million illegal aliens enter the country. The border walls were removed. Deuteronomy 28:48 gives us what happens to when a covenant nation breaks their covenants. Your enemies shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. The Biden administration halted all production of the Keystone Pipeline, laying off 50,000 workers and making America totally dependent on foreign oil. The land has ceased to give her fruit. Deuteronomy 28 under curses said, Cursed shall be the fruit of thy land. Thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt only be oppressed. The stranger that is with thee, he shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. Massive amounts of debt was borrowed from the Federal Reserve in the last year, increasing inflation and bringing the nation's debt to $29 trillion, the highest debt in 400 years. The Bible says when you're in covenant, you shall borrow and not lend. The Biden administration under the LGBT initiatives mandated training of all military personnel to undergo gender equality studies. Jeremiah prophesied concerning Babylon, the mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. They've remained in their holds, their might hath failed, and they have become as women. On September 11th, 2021, exactly 20 years since the 9-11 World Trade Towers collapse, the most powerful military in the history of the world finalized the desertion of its own people. They left their allies and $85 billion worth of high-tech military equipment behind as they fled the country from a small, insignificant band of Taliban soldiers. The Bible says, under a curse, the Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. 
So are all these signs forerunners of coming curses, or should we look for something else? Is it possible that God just might give us some signs to the believers in Babylon that hope is not lost? God is still in control, but are there signs from the past that may appear in the future? Listen to this. Jesus taught his disciples that God is a spirit and that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Greek word used here for spirit is the word pneuma. It literally means the wind or the breath of God. From the first day of man's creation when God breathed his breath of life or pneuma into Adam, he has never left those who want a relationship with him. And God's signature manifestation of a visible wind appearing has been evident throughout several generations of man. When Moses stood at the edge of the Red Sea with two million children of Israel, the situation seemed absolutely hopeless. Pharaoh's Egyptian army came with chariots and spears, preparing to do a massive ethnic cleansing of unarmed Jewish people. But God had a plan. Moses was at a point of desperation, but scripture tells us God rebuked him saying, Wherefore criest out unto me, Moses? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Lift thou up thy rod, stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. Moses obeyed God's voice, and scripture tells us that with the blast of his nostrils, the great I Am manifested his presence and the waters were divided. The children of Israel miraculously walked dry shot across the Red Sea, but the same wind that brought their deliverance was the same wind that destroyed their enemies, making fish food of the whole Egyptian army. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? According to Harper's Bible Dictionary, whirlwinds and storms usually accompanied a theophany, such as God's appearance to Job. And Ezekiel's vision of God, and I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north. In the promise to Zechariah and the war that was before them, and the Lord shall be seen over them, and shall go with the whirlwinds of the south. The Lord of hosts shall defend them, and they shall devour. As a signal to King David to move, when they heard the sound of the wind going in the mulberry trees. And of course, when God fulfilled his prophecies to enter his believers on the day of Pentecost, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. However, there is still one more breath of God that has not yet occurred. According to Jeremiah, it will come in the latter days and will be released in the latter-day nation of Babylon the Great. But what will it do? What is its purpose and how will it come? Why does Jeremiah prophesy? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, ye shall consider it perfectly. Welcome back, folks. You know, Jeremiah said in this passage that in the latter days, you shall consider it perfectly. The ESV Bible translate that verse, in the latter days, ye shall understand it clearly. 
However, the verse before this whirlwind warning passage is very similar to what Jesus warned believers seven times in the book of Revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Jeremiah says that God will be speaking, but there will be other voices trying to get your attention. They'll not be warning of the whirlwind that is coming. Instead, they will tell you that no matter what lifestyle you live, what sins you commit, what lies you say, there will be peace. They tell you that God, who never breaks covenant, will never judge the wickedness that is defiling our nation. From 600 years before Christ, Jeremiah speaks to our generation. Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart, not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me, the Lord has said, ye shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? You know, it would appear in this verse that the fake news voices of our day are saying the exact opposite of what the Lord is trying to warn us of through the prophet Jeremiah. The sins that have crept into the lifestyle of Pergamos and Thyatira believers are rampant in the fake news pundits. Through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord even brings into memory the examples of Sodom and Gomorrah, how he delivered Lot and his family from those evil times. They commit adultery. They walk in lies. They strengthen also the hand of evildoers, that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Now remember, folks, Jeremiah is not only talking to his generation, but is literally talking to us in the latter days so we who are believers can have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches and clearly understand the signs of the times. In the latter days, you, can, you shall understand it clearly. Perhaps the greatest example of God using a whirlwind to translate his anointed ones and separate the wheat from the chaff is Elijah, who was called by many Bible teachers the whirlwind prophet. It's interesting to note that the very same spirit of Jezebel that brought Elijah to the forefront of spiritual warfare then and there is the very same spirit that Jesus referred to Thyatira believers here and now in the latter days. Now Jezebel and King Ahab were king and queen of the covenant nation of Israel. And it was through Jezebel that Baal worship was introduced and encouraged in the land. Daily at the altars of Moloch, Jewish children were offered for sacrifice. These unwanted children sacrificed after their birth would guarantee prosperity from the God of Moloch, or so they thought. The priests of Baal, according to scripture, numbered 450. The paid prophets of Israel would not stand up against these priests. They wouldn't stand against the government, Jezebel, nor would they warn the people that although Israel was a covenant nation, God had commandments that must not be broken. 
They did not warn anyone what Scripture says. There are six things that the Lord hates. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, them that are swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among brethren. Discord here means controversies or arguing. These prophets, with their wicked imaginations, their false witness, and their ability to sow, sow discord into the hearts of God's chosen people, were wreaking havoc in the covenant nation of Israel. The covenant people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And they were defiled with their own works. But God had a plan. He was about to release a whirlwind into the nation. The land had been in a famine for several years because God had stopped the rain. He told Elijah to call Obadiah so he could set up a meeting with King Ahab. Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. You know, the meeting was set up, and as soon as Ahab saw Elijah, he said, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And Elijah answered, I've not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and has followed after Balaam. You know, apparently, King Ahab and his progressive liberal government was actually blaming Elijah for climate change. But Elijah quickly countered the accusation, saying, Ahab, you and your government have forsaken the commandments of God, and you have nobody to blame but yourselves. You brought these curses on the nation, not me. I'm just a messenger boy of the Most High God, and I came to deliver. Then Elijah said, you bring your 450 guys, and I'll bring my guys. You call on your God, and I'll call on my God. Meet me at Mount Carmel, and we'll have a barbecue prayer meeting like you've never seen before. Ahab took the invitation, and it was game on. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long will ye be between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. As the story goes, the prophets of Baal called on their God all day long, cutting themselves, yelling, pleading. But it was a no-show performance for Baal. The demonic enemy who had seduced the nation of Israel through corrupt government leadership. The children of Israel watched contently as Elijah placed 12 stones around his altar, representing the 12 tribes of Israel's covenant. Then he poured seven barrels of water around the sacrifice. You know, the number seven is used 735 times in Scripture and 54 times in the book of Revelation. 
It represents a divine completeness or perfection. God created the earth in seven days. There are seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11, seven candles and seven churches in the book of Revelation. The final judgment with the earth will be brought about by seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of judgment that will be poured out in the tribulation period for seven years. God was about to settle the issue for the rest of eternity when it came to his opinion of the shedding of innocent blood. Elijah did not yell. He did not scream. He did not plead. He simply spoke. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the earth. It took a miracle for Elijah to get through to the people. Then when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. But that was not the only thing that God did concerning His opinion of those who sacrificed their children. The Bible says that Elijah took the prophets of Baal and he slew every one of them. However, according to Scripture, the ministry of Elijah did not end in his generation. After choosing Elisha to continue delivering God's word to the nation, the Bible says that, Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. However, Elijah's ministry did not end in the whirlwind. In fact, according to the last Old Testament prophet Malachi, someday, someday Elijah will return. So Elijah is coming again. Will he come back in a whirlwind? Will he be one of the two prophets who are prophesied to be raised up in the tribulation period? And will it once again be the abomination of Baal worship that instigates his appearance. If the great and dreadful, dreadful day of the Lord takes place in the latter days, what role does the United States of America play in this prophecy? We just learned about the whirlwind prophet Elijah. He never died, but was carried away in a whirlwind into heaven. However, according to scripture, he's coming again because his earthly ministry is not over. Prophecies in both Malachi and Isaiah reference the fact that Elijah would return to earth. When Jesus referenced John the Baptist, who fulfilled prophecy by being a messenger, announcing Christ's arrival, he said that John the Baptist was in fact Elijah. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So has Elijah already come? Through John, who was born from Elizabeth? Or should we expect to see the original Elijah come in his original body? Many believe Elijah and Enoch, who was also translated, will physically come back during the last half of the seven-year tribulation period. This is found in the Reve Revelation 11.3. And according to scripture, they will be the direct cause of climate change. 
These have power to shut the heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. The Antichrist will eventually be given power to kill these two witnesses, and their bodies will lie in Jerusalem for three days. They will be hated so much by secular humanists that they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and shall make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. However, that rejoicing will only last three days because just like Jesus, these two witnesses will experience the first resurrection as scripture says, each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. And great fear will fall upon them which saw and they, the two witnesses, will ascend up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies will behold them. This will take place at the end of the tribulation. But what about before the tribulation takes place? What should we be watching for as a supernatural sign that we're getting close to the rapture? Jeremiah says, Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, ye shall consider it perfectly. In his chapter concerning Latter-day Babylon, Jeremiah gives us further insight where this whirlwind anointing will come from. Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind, and will send unto Babylon fanners that shall fan her. For the Lord hath both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. Surely I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee, and bring forth the wind out of my treasures." You know, in early programs concerning the seven churches, we talked about Babylon meaning confusion. And that instead of the church invading the Babylonian culture of confusion, the confusion of Babylon enters the church. You might be thinking, how can I raise up a shout against Babylon? Who's going to listen to me? Well, perhaps the whirlwind that God wants to release out of us isn't quite as difficult as it may seem. We all know that the bride is supposed to be without spot or wrinkle. The culture of Babylon has affected all of us. Perhaps this wind that God wants released is a wind that will destroy the Babylon in us. Remember, when you read the Bible, it reads you. When you examine it, it examines you. And it's not our job to read Scripture so we can judge others. We read the Bible so the Holy Spirit can show us what we need to do to get closer to God. If you remember Paul's admonition, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does, those, which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The race we are running in Babylon is the race towards the rapture and the coming tribulation. But what sin or hindrance has been controlling you? What is the wind that needs to be released in your life so that you can get yourself ready not ready for the tribulation, but for the rapture. Remember, the wind is a destroying wind that comes against not other people, but the sins that so easily beset us. So the first thing we hear about the bride in heaven 
after Babylon's destruction is that the bride has made herself ready. And that word ready in the Greek lexicon means to prepare oneself to make oneself ready. For most of us, this would mean a spiritual cleansing or a healing. And God has given us a special formula to do that. However, it will take obedience, humility, and self-determination to follow his directions. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, the word fault here in the Greek-English dictionary means sin or wrongdoing. Paul is literally saying in this passage, go to the people you have faulted, who you have wronged, and confess it to them. Ask them to forgive you. Don't go to people who have faulted you and demand they make things right. You're not going to be judged by what others say or do to you. You're going to be judged by God by what you say and do to them, period. This is between you and your maker. Now, the fact Paul says that you may be healed literally means that you may be restored, cleansed, healed, or be made ready. In this process, it's quite possible that those who you have faulted may see through your humility, honesty, and a contrite spirit. Fools may laugh, the heathen may rage, but those who hear God's voice may just ask you, why are you doing this? And at that point, you can share this tremendous revelation of where we are on God's prophetic time clock. And you're getting your house in order. Those who have ears to hear will hear. But if you don't think you can explain things to them, according to Scripture, you can give them our free app and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Remember what Daniel spoke to us in the last days. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Folks, the words are no longer sealed. We know who Babylon is. We know what the global elite are doing. We know what the fake news is trying to sell us. But we know what the word of God has foretold. It's happening now in real time. So get your house in order. Be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Don't let the devil put you on a guilt trip. Let God direct you. Let his still small voice speak to you. He will guide you. He will direct you to go to anyone you have wronged. And if you obey his voice, he will deliver you and heal you of any sins that have so easily beset you. And I promise you will enter into the joy of the Lord. And that garment you are preparing will be whiter than snow. You know, I just sent two letters of apology last month. So I prepared this message not only for you, but God also gave it to me. And I did some house cleaning from 20 to 30 years ago. So folks, I'm not telling you to do what I haven't already done. And I'm sorry, but we're out of time. 
take those scriptures, ask the Lord, who is it that I can go to to ask for forgiveness? Let him lead, guide, and direct you. We're out of time. I'm sorry. My name is Rick Pearson. This is Prophecy USA, and we're reminding you to get your house in order because Jesus is coming much sooner than many people think. Shalom.